Amen. Are you thankful today? Today, uh, or this week, is Thanksgiving week. You believe it? So, how many of you are eating some turkey on Thursday? Anybody? Stuffing and dressing and a sandwich? Um, uh, angel eggs? We don't call them deviled eggs. We call them angel eggs. Um, uh, pumpkin pie? I will not be eating pumpkin pie. Pecan pie? Hallelujah. It just got spiritual in here. I love it. <laughs> you got some good, good stuff coming up. So we pray that you have a great week this week. I know some of you are going to be traveling. Some, of, some people are going to be traveling to you. Um, we are going to be traveling. The Fifth and Family are, are going to be traveling this week. And so um, looking forward to, to a great Thanksgiving time. And so we hope that, you, that, that everyone here has just a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, time together, chance to give thanks, uh, spend time with family, and so, uh, yeah, just looking forward to a, a great week here. I, I thought about the, the title of my message this morning, and I, I thought I had a pretty good one, a, a pretty good idea here. I thought, Adam Fithen's Guide to Not Having a Horrible Holiday Season. Um, I thought that that would be a, a, pretty, a pretty decent, um, of course, presented by H-E-B Eggnog, um, but I, you know... You can't put your own name in your own sermon title. You know, you, you can't do that. That's a little, I don't know what that is, but you, know, you can't really do that. So I, I got something better, I think. So the actual title is Grateful and Thankful. That's much better, don't you think? That's much better sermon title. <laughs> Grateful and Thankful today. And, of course, this is presented by Paul's letter to the Colossians. So if you have your Bibles, we'd like to turn to Colossians. Um, we're going to get there in just a second. In uh, Colossians chapter 3, grateful and thankful. We want to be both of those things. Now, I know that those words are pretty close. They're synonyms, uh, very close to each other. But there is a distinction, and I want to make the distinction here today because I want to talk about both of them. The difference between being grateful and being thankful. There is a little bit of, uh, of a difference. Grateful, being grateful, or gratefulness that is an inward feeling of appreciation. Like, I am grateful for the wonderful weather today. I'm grateful for my God in heaven. I am grateful for my family. I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there are different things to be grateful for, and that is an inward feeling that you have, and that there's joy and there's happiness that comes with that. But feeling grateful, it's an inward feeling of appreciation. Thankful is an outward expression of that appreciation. Okay, so being thankful is saying things like, thank you. You ever said that before? Someone ever said that to you before? Uh, so it's an outward expression. It doesn't have to be the words, thank you. There are some people who they show their thanks in many different ways. Some of you have a grandma or whatever that uh, th they show thanks or they show love by cooking a huge meal on Thursday. And so that is kind of their way of saying thank you to you as my family. So it doesn't have to be the words thank you, but it's some sort of outward expression of this appreciation that you feel. So grateful and thankful, they're synonyms, but they're a little different. Grateful is an inward feeling. Thankful is an outward expression. And what I want us to know today is it's very difficult to have one without the other. We need to have both. We need to be grateful and thankful. See, you can't be grateful and then not be thankful. See, if, if that were to work, so I, I have an inward appreciation for, let's say, my wife Becky, and I love her, and I thank, I'm thankful for all the things that she does, and I, I have this inward gratefulness, but if I never, ever say thank you, 
if I never ever do anything that communicates thankfulness to her, maybe she's thinking, well, maybe I should stop doing all that stuff for him. You know what I'm saying? It's just, without this outward expression of saying that, then she doesn't know that I'm grateful, right? And so we want to be not just grateful, but we also want to have thankfulness in our life. Now, we can't be thankful without being grateful as, as well. We don't want to just give lip service. You remember when you were nine years old and, and you had, you know, Christmas time and Aunt Zazu or whatever you called your aunt, I don't know, came and gave you a gift and it was like a belt, you know? And you're like, I'm a kid. Give me a toy. What's going on here? You know? I don't want a belt. I want a toy. And so your mom would say, hey, what do you say? What do you say? Thank you. Right? You might hear that around Christmas. Hopefully not, okay? Okay, well, you said the outward expression of thankfulness, but you weren't thankful, were you? <laughs> you wanted a toy. So it's hard. You can't have one without the other. We have to have both. Amen? We have to feel this inward uh, feeling of appreciation, but then we also want to speak that and express that out to other people. So looking at Colossians chapter 3, this is, um, as we look at this verse, I want to read it through the context of that. Read this, these uh, few verses here through the context of being grateful and being thankful, both inside and outside, okay? So Colossians chapter 3, this is Paul writing a letter to the Colossians, and he starts off here in verse 12, and he says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, so stop right there, Make sure everybody knows who we're talking about here, okay? We're not talking about people outside. We're talking about people right here. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves. So he's talking to church people right now, okay? Just so everybody knows. Are you a church person here today? Are you a Christian? Are you a disciple of Christ? That's who Paul is talking to here, okay? Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Another word for that is compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay, so my favorite word in this verse is clothe. It, it, it's, a, it's a word that helps me out, okay? So when you get up in the morning, you clothe yourself ready for the day, whatever you're doing that day. Some of you, you work outside and with your hands, so maybe you clothe yourself with coveralls and steel-toed boots or whatever. Some of you, you, you have an office job, you clothe yourself with I don't know, a dress or a, or a tie or whatever you wear. You clothe yourself to get ready for the day, right? If you're going to the gym, you're going to clothe yourself with gym clothes. That's getting ready for the day. You clothe yourself with what is necessary for what you're going to do that day. Well, he says that as Christians, every morning, we're going to clothe ourselves with a few things as we walk out the door and get ready. Don't go out the day and meet this world if you have not clothed yourself with a few of these things, Okay? So he says, clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy or compassion. As people of God, we must put on that jacket of compassion, and we wear it all day. That compassion has to come out of us, and so we are compassionate to other people, whether that's people at work, whether that's the waitress at the restaurant. We are compassionate to other people. We are kind. We clothe ourselves with kindness, okay? This kindness this is one of those deals that when, when you put on kind of that, that hat of a disciple, you get that hat of, it says disciple or Christian, okay? You put that hat on in the morning, you, you, you've clothed yourself. We have to be kind, okay? When we 
uh, when you choose the Christian life, when you choose to put that hat on, you kind of give up the right to be salty and mean to other people, don't you? You kind of give up that right. Why? Because the fruit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is kindness. So we are kind to other people, whether they're kind to us first or not, right? If we're going to put that Jesus hat on, that disciple hat on, we have to clothe ourselves with kindness as well. Humility. Ooh, we clothe ourselves with humility. None of us like to hang out with people who are stuck up or arrogant or think very highly of themselves, right? No elbowing people. No, come on. No one wants to hang out with those people, but we do like to hang out with people that we know there's a certain amount of quality that they have in something, but they're not showy about it. They, they don't put it in anybody's face, they, okay? We like hanging out with, with people who are humble, so clothe ourselves. Gentleness. Christians aren't to be abrasive to other people, but we have gentleness. Do everything with a gentle heart, gentle spirit, and patience. Patience. Hallelujah. No amens for that. Okay, good. Patience. We clothe ourselves with patience. So as we walk out, we are grateful and we are thankful for the day that God has given us. And how we do that is we clothe ourselves with all of these things before we even walk out the door. You think the first thing you need in the morning is coffee. It's not. It's clothing yourself with kindness, clothing yourself with gentleness and patience and all of these things. Verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What a great verse. We should all just read that every morning before we leave. Make allowance for each other's fault. Listen, we have to make allowance for each other's faults. We like to say, some people, we like, we like to say things like, well, I'm not perfect. Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're making allowance for your own faults. I'm not perfect. But then when somebody messes up, hey, why did you do that? Well, if you're not perfect, and well, they're not perfect either, and they're from time to time, you know what? People have a bad day, okay? People have a bad day. Stuff isn't going right. How we interact with other people is, we understand that since I'm not perfect, they're not perfect, we're all trying to move toward perfection. We're moving toward holiness. We're not quite there yet. So we make allowance for each other's faults. And we forgive anyone who offends you. This is so big. It's so easy to get offended many times. Especially when we're looking for it. When we're looking to get offended, okay? And many of us know people like that. where They're looking to get offended. They're trying to get offended. What? Why did you say it like that? Many times it's not what they say. It's how they say it. They don't like how they said it. This offense, what that does, what, what barriers that brings up between other people, between us and other people, whenever we choose to be offended. There are some people that they're, they're only happy when they're mad. You know what I'm saying? Like they're only happy in life if they have something to get upset about. Can you believe they said that or didn't say that? They're only happy when they're mad. And it's like, listen, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We talked about this on Wednesday night. First of all, if you're missing Bible study on Wednesday night, you're missing it, okay? Wednesday night Bible study, we talked about this. We talked about prayer we were in, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 6. And it says that the Lord God will not forgive you if you do not forgive other people. That's even stronger than what Paul here says. Jesus says, God's not going to forgive. If you're not forgiving him other people, God's not going to forgive you. 
So that's what we do. The enemy wants you to fight with others. So he constantly, constantly tries to make you jealous of other people, prideful of yourself, dismissive of other people's talents, pharisaical. What does that mean? That means we're the the rule follower. I am the rule keeper, and I will tell everybody when they break the rules, okay? That when we compare ourselves to other people, the enemy, Satan, I'll call him by name, wants you fighting with other people. But we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities of this. That's who we're wrestling with. What he knows is, if Satan's wanting to attack me, but he gets me bothered over here, he's looking at me, he's wanting to come get Adam, but he's got me bothered over here because I'm jealous of this, and I get, I get offended of this guy, and I'm trying to, I'm fighting you, but I'm, but I'm jealous of this, and I, I can't believe, can you believe, Becky, that she said this? And now that I'm focused here, Satan has an easy shot to come get me. Does that make sense? When we start focusing on all these other people, all these other things, Satan wants us fighting with each other. Because then it gives us an easy shot for him to come hit us. We've got to forgive each other. Be grateful and thankful for the people that are in our lives. Verse 14. Above all, clothe yourselves. There's that word again. Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect unity. That's being grateful and thankful is all about, is loving the people that are in our lives. I'm so thankful for everybody here, for Friendship Church, for what you have meant to us for the past several months, we're so thankful for that. And it's that love that has, that has bound us together. We can do so much when we bind our efforts together in love. And let the peace that comes from Christ, by the way, the peace comes from Christ. How many of you know that? Peace does not come from watching one more hour of the media. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. You know what? I need some more peace in my life. Let's watch one more hour. Peace, believe it or not, comes from Christ. If you want more peace in your life, the word of God right here, the peace comes from Christ, and let that rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. We, this is the body right here, the body of Christ. And we're called to live in peace with each other. Now, man, sometimes that is tough to do because we, we like to hold on, <laughs> hold on to some of the things that, that make us mad because that's, that's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to think about. Listen, there is a gravitational pull towards selfishness. It, it is a gravitational pull. I mean, as much as I want to jump up in the air toward unity, jump up in the, in the air toward love, of, I'll always come back down. The default in our brains is selfishness. How does that affect me, my opinion on the issue? And there is a gravitational pull toward that. But it takes a rocket fuel amount of intention to thrust a church towards unity. A rocket fuel amount. You've seen the rockets? You've seen that they, how they take off and they got to go to the moon? It's not just little, they don't just slingshot the thing up there, right? There takes a lot of effort, a lot of money, and a lot of time just to get them to take off because that gravitational pull pulls them. But eventually they get to the point where they leave the atmosphere and they're able to go where they want to go. That's what it takes for a church. A church doesn't just all of a sudden have unity. 
We have to work at it. And how we work at that, through this grid of being grateful and thankful, is understanding that not everybody's perfect and other people are going to have different opinions and things, but we come together and even though that gravitation is trying to bring us down to be selfish and what we want to do, we thrust forward into unity. It takes a rocket amount of fuel. Verse 16, and always be thankful. Everybody say thankful. It's that outward expression. Always be thankful. Say it out loud to somebody. Thank you. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill our lives. This message fills us. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with grateful hearts. Everybody say grateful. Those are the two words that are there. Thankful and grateful. That's what we, that's what we move toward. That's what we have for each other. Listen, if there were there were two words I would say that we want to leading into this holiday season. It would be joy and unity. How many of you would say, if I, could, if I could get you signed up for joy this holiday season, how many of you would sign up for that? You're like, yeah, I'll take some joy. That sounds great. <laughs> how many of you going into this holiday season, you would say, you know what? I would love to have some unity with family, with church. I'd lo- how many of you? Yep, I'd, I'd, I'd sign up for that thing, okay? Joy and unity. How do we get this joy and unity? Well, I'm here to tell you, gratefulness is the key to joy, and thankfulness is the key to unity. If you think about this, gratefulness is the key to joy. If you have gratefulness in your heart, remember, it's that inward feeling of appreciation. If you have gratefulness in your heart for the things that you have, then that leads to joy. If you're grateful for the people that God has put in your life, the things that you have, that's going to lead to joy. What, what Satan tries to do is get your eyes off of what you have and put it on things that you don't have. Well, if your eyes are on things that you don't have and you start thinking about what you don't have or what you want instead of the things that you do have, that's not leading to joy. That's leading to bitterness, isn't it? When our focus is not on what God has given us, the talents that God has given us, the place where God has brought us, that will lead to joy because we're grateful. But if our eyes get put on everything that we don't have, how are we going to find joy? I wish I had that. God, you bless them with that. Why don't you bless me with that? If you start looking elsewhere, listen, this is exactly what Satan did at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. They couldn't eat from one tree And that's what the snake told them to focus on. Instead of the abundant garden that they had, Adam and Eve became ungrateful because they focused on the one tree they couldn't eat from. It's been his trick since the beginning of human time. Why? Probably because it's worked. It's worked for a long time. Get our focus off of what we don't have and put our focus on what we do have, and that brings us joy. You start looking around, you know what? God has given this to me. God has brought me through this. God has allowed for this to happen in my life, and that's where we get joy. And then thankfulness is the key to unity. If you want unity with other people, you say things like, thank you. How many, how many times have we said thank you to the worship team who comes up every single Sunday and leads us in worship? To actually, I know that we're grateful for them, 
But do we say, thank you for doing that? Nursery workers, come on. Children's church workers, able that they, they are not just watching our children, but they are teaching them on, on the fundamental level how to love the Lord, how to grow in Christ. And then we're able to come in and have our worship time and this. Have we said, actually said the words thank you to them? What if we did? What if we were a church that said or we acted out, we had some, some, some sort of outward expression of thankfulness with everybody here? Do you think that unity would come to our house? I think so. Gratefulness is the key to joy. Thankfulness is the key to unity. So let's look at our three kind of our, our top three relationships that we have. Would you like to have joy and unity with yourself and God? Your relationship with God, would you want joy and unity? Well, then how do you do that? Well, you're grateful for the things that God has given you. You don't look at the things that he hasn't given you, but you're grateful for the things that he has done for you and given to you. And then you say, God, thank you. Gratefulness and thankfulness will lead to that joy and that unity with yourself and God. What about with your family? Do you want joy and unity in your family? Well, then be grateful for what you have and then say, thank you, moms and dads, with your kids. Are you grateful for your children? You don't look at somebody else and say, boy, I wish I had that kid. <laughs> okay? These are the children that God gave you. And they're, by the way, 50% you, so it's half your fault that they, right? <laughs> okay? <laughs> when my children act like me, I'm like, oh my goodness, really? That's what I do? That is what I do, yep. No, 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 I am grateful for my children. And then we say thank you to them. That's what we gotta do, right? That's where that joy and that thankfulness is gonna come. Teenagers, young people in the room, some over here and around, are you grateful and thankful to your parents? There we go. <laughs> Pastor's kid, right? <clears throat> I'll help you out, Dad. I'll say something. Grateful and thankful. Listen, you're not going to have joy and unity, teenager, young person. You're not going to have joy and unity in, in your family if you're always, leave me alone, I'm just going to be in my room all night long. You can't have joy and unity if you're not showing gratefulness and thankfulness. Husbands and wives, are you grateful for your husband, for your wife, what they do for you? Do you say thank you? And sometimes it's saying thank you. It means coming along and helping them do something. Oh, man, I'm getting some looks right now. It's like you're kind of ruining my weekends here, Adam. Um, <clears throat> sometimes, and you, you, you kind of have to feel out what's, what your husband needs to hear, what your wife needs to is it, a, is it a word of encouragement? This is where the, the love languages, if you've read that book, kind of helps out. Is it words of encouragement? Is it acts of service? If I did something for you, does that communicate love and thankfulness? Whatever it is. But would you have joy and unity in your marriage if both were equally grateful and thankful to each other? Finally, joy and unity in the church. Do we want to have joy and unity in our church? Be grateful and thankful for each other. I'm so grateful for the people in this church, people that I've been able to share a meal with or, or hang out with, come to church and see you. It, it's, 
I, I love to see your smiling faces. I, I, I kind of jokingly say it sometimes, but to see your smiling faces on Sunday morning, knowing that we're about to worship the Lord together, I'm so thankful for that. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And so now I'm saying thank you for coming and being a part of church. And I want the joy and unity in this church to grow more and more. The key to do that is to be grateful and to be thankful. Verse 17. Many of you know this verse. And whatever you do or say, some verses say, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Know that when we put that disciple hat on, that, that Christian hat on, that, that Jesus follower hat on, we represent Christ in everything that we do. Everything that we do. So when we're at work, when we're with our family, when we're at church, everywhere we go, we are a representation of Jesus Christ. And so that's why when we get angry and foam at the mouth and yell, other people expect, well, if that's what Christians do. And so we walk out clothed, clothed with kindness and compassion, humility, all these things. We're grateful and we are thankful that God leads us where we need to go. I think that's why Paul brings it back to Jesus. He kind of brings all this. He's talking about things that we need to do and clothe ourselves. Then he brings it back to Jesus. You're a representative of Jesus because all kind of the opposite of all these things we're talking about, arrogant, entitled, selfish, it gets impossible to be entitled when we remember the cross. It's impossible. When we, when we remember, when we realize what Christ did for us, the sacrifice that he made for us, how could we become selfish or entitled or arrogant. There's no way. There's no way. And that's why Paul brings it back to Jesus. Let's put that hat on. When we put that hat on, when we clothe ourselves, let's do it with gratefulness and thankfulness. So it's a very, very simple altar call, if you will. Really, this is more of a, a reflective time. So what I'd like us to do is have a couple minutes of, re of reflection. If you would like to come to the altar, you can. You can, you can bow and, and, and kneel and pray. But a little bit more of a, of a reflective altar call here this morning. I'd like us to spend a few minutes in prayer and actually thinking about the things that we are grateful for and the things that we are thankful for. And if we had need you know, a little bit of guidance, we can look at those three most important relationships in our, in our life, which is God, our family, and our church. God, how can I show, or how, how can I be grateful, and then how can I show thankfulness to God, our family, and our church? Can we spend just a few minutes praying, talking to the Lord, and being reflective about how to be grateful and thankful to others? Again, the altar is open if you would like to come. If you'd like to stay at your seat, that's fine. But let's spend just a few minutes thinking about how to be grateful and then how to also be thankful to God, our family, and to our church. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful for you, who you are in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that has that filled us 
with your life and your love. Lord, we have a, this inward feeling of, of gratefulness, of, of, of appreciation, of love, of honor to you. So Lord, we want to say it out loud as well. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for the trials and the tough times that you have led us through. Sometimes we forget about those times whenever we're about to enter another time. But God, we thank you for what you have brought us through, Lord. Thank you for the ways that you still surprise us in your word. That's why we read every day knowing that you're going to speak to us, God. Oh, we are grateful and thankful for that, Lord. Thank you for where you are taking us individually and as a church, as the, as the church worldwide. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for where you are taking us, Lord. Thank you for heaven, a place that we had to look forward to one day, to be with you forever, Lord. Thank you. Well, we're grateful. Help us to be grateful for our family today. Husbands and wives and Grandmother, grandfather, children, cousins. We're, we're going to see many family over the next several weeks. Help us to be grateful. Help us to be grateful for who you've given in our lives. And help us to be thankful, to say the words, or to show a bit of thankfulness to others. Thank you for our family, Lord. And we thank you for our church as well, Friendship Church. We're grateful for the leadership, grateful for all ages, kids and teenagers and young adults and many people who have been here a long time, given a lot of blood, sweat, tears. God, we're thankful. And for those who are now and beginning to come now and, and going to come soon, God, we are thankful, thankful for bringing them into our lives, into our church, Lord. Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful, but help us, help us over the next several weeks especially, of course all of our life, but over the next couple of weeks especially, Lord, help us to be grateful and thankful. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.